This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 308, How the Dollar Milkshake Theory Could Shake Up Bank on Yourself. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Do you love Not Your Average Financial Podcast? Well, get these episodes delivered right to your email inbox so you don't miss any of the amazing free content we're giving out each week. Also, we'll give you exclusive access to our live calls, office hours, other workshops and webinars with me and many of my esteemed colleagues and guests. You can go to nyafinancialpodcast.com forward slash subscribe to be notified of every episode and all the amazing content we're giving away completely free. That's nyafinancialpodcast.com slash subscribe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode. You know, I've got a very simple math question for you. I know pop quizzes on a podcast is not what you probably expected, but this one's easy. What do you get when you multiply one and six together? Now, most people think one times six is six. And you might be thinking to yourself, hey, you know, this certified financial planner, Mark, here is really going back to the basics on this question. But hang with me. I've got some important things to share with you about where the dollar is headed and the world economy itself. But it's got to start with the basics first. Yes, it's true. One times six is six. But there's another way to see it and even think about it. One times six, emphasis on the exclamation mark there, is something totally different. And really, the answer to the question has huge implications for the world economy. Now, when I say one times six, I want you to visualize a little exclamation mark at the end. Yes, one times six actually equals, wait for it, 720. How is it possible that one times six is 720. How is that possible? No, I'm not off my rocker. I promise my calculator is not broken. We are using factorial math here. Yes, I know this sounds a little wonkish, but hang with me. It's going to have big implications for everything you do, decisions you make in your financial life, right down to how you buy your next gallon of milk or pay for your kid's college. So what are factorials? The factorial of a number is the product of all the positive numbers less than or equal to that number. So usually we write out factorials with an exclamation mark at the end of the number. So to say it another way, factorials are sort of like the network effect within social media. When we consider the growth of a network, such as a social media platform or a telephone network, there's a number of connections and interactions between users, and it can be compared to the concept of factorials. So let's look at the metaphor of a social media platform, for example. Let's say that there are three users on this social media platform. Not, not exactly Facebook, I know, but let's just start simple here. Each user can connect and interact with the other two users. So the total number of possible connections is the factorial of three, or three, uh, with the exclamation mark there, which equals six. User one can meet with user two. User one can meet with user three. User two can meet with user three and so on and so on. 
As the number of users on the network grows, the potential connections can increase significantly. For example, if there are four users on this social media platform, four factorial connections equals 24. And it's surprising, but six factorials is 720. Now, what if there were just 100 members on this little social media network or some sort of small online Facebook group in your neighborhood or something like that? The factorial of 100, denoted as 100 with an exclamation mark, is a very large number. Calculating it directly would involve multiplying all the positive integers from 1 to 100, 9.33 times 10 to the 157th power. So one factorial is an extremely large number with basically 158 digits after that. It's so astronomically large, it's more than all the grains of sand on planet Earth, which is about 7.5 quintillion. And the total number of atoms in the universe is only 10 to the 80th power. And the number of subatomic particles is 10 to the 89th power. So one little Facebook group with just 100 members in it has more potential connections than all the subatomic particles in all of the known universe. Talk about mind-blowing. So this relationship between factorials and the network effect from social media platforms or the use of the telephone, or think of ride-sharing platforms like Uber or Lyft, the more people use a certain tool or a platform, the more valuable it becomes in a really compound way. The network effect becomes really evident when we observe rapid growth in the number of connections or interactions that this network is doing as it expands. Again, each additional user creates a multiplier effect, leading to an exponential increase in the overall value and the potential that that network can bring. Now that your mind is blown like mine is, all of this fun math magic is sure cool to think about, but what does any of it have to do with money and finance? What does it have to do with retirement? or kids college, or like I said, buying that gallon of milk at the grocery store. So truth be told, all this math has made me pretty hungry. And candidly, I'm kind of jonesing for a milkshake, a dollar milkshake in particular. Now, I don't want you to get any pictures in your head of me throwing money in a blender or anything. Thankfully, this is going to be a much better investment of your time and hopefully taste a little better too than shredding up dollars in a creamy concoction. Something called the dollar milkshake theory is what I want to talk about for a few minutes. Now, the dollar milkshake theory was coined by someone named Brent Johnson of Santiago Capital, and he foresees the U.S. dollar strengthening, strengthening against other currencies in the midst of a global economic uncertainty that we are all living in. Now, keen listeners of our podcast might remember that the last two or three episodes have been describing what might happen to bank on yourself and dividend-paying whole life insurance if the dollar disappeared or was no longer the world's reserve currency. But in this episode, I hope to play the other side of the table and talk about what would happen to bank on yourself if the dollar significantly strengthened. What would happen to your money? What would happen to your bank on yourself designed policies, cash value, and a lot more? So let's talk some more about this dollar milkshake. The theory uses an analogy of a milkshake to illustrate a certain point. So imagine there are several straws in a glass of milkshake, each representing a different currency. Now, the US dollar is the biggest and the strongest straw, and it can suck up all the liquid from all the other straws. 
This means in the midst of a global financial crisis, the U.S. dollar will appreciate or get stronger against the other currencies as it absorbs all their value. So for example, suppose there was a global financial crisis, triggering fear, panic, economic markets are tumbling, stocks and real estate are crashing, and investors are moving all their cash to safety. In this situation, investors are seeking to protect their wealth by moving their funds into assets that are considered safe and liquid. This would include cash value life insurance, by the way, but would also include U.S. treasuries and U.S. dollars in general, basically anything that's dollar denominated. This would create a huge demand for U.S. dollars, which would then drive up its value, the dollar's value, against other world currencies. The Fed would begin tightening monetary policy and raising interest rates by reducing the balance sheet during a financial crisis as it sees inflation kicking up as it has done so in the last two years or so. Now, one example was when the Fed tightened its monetary policy in the crisis in 1979, when inflation was running double-digit levels and the dollar was losing value against other major currencies. The Fed, under the leadership of Paul Volcker, raised interest rates at the Fed up to 20%, and he reduced the balance of the Fed, balance sheet of the Fed, by about 10%, which caused a severe recession but it brought inflation back down and restored confidence in the dollar. All of this flight to the U.S. dollar from other countries and the Fed tightening its balance sheet would create this positive feedback loop where the stronger dollar would attract more capital, which further strengthens the dollar and on and on it goes. It's this positive feedback loop. Other countries, on the other hand, would pursue more dollars themselves. So they would expand their money supply lowering interest rates, increasing their balance sheet, and creating more non-dollar money, just printing the money, pushing more people into a negative feedback loop away from their local currency and into the U.S. dollar. So as a result, the dollar would act almost like a long straw, sucking money up or liquidity from other countries, like from a milkshake. This would have all the negative consequences for the other world economies that are dependent on the dollar, such as emerging markets or commodities or cryptocurrencies. So as far as I can tell, the U.S. dollar is the largest network effect in the known universe. And because of this, that's my bold opinion for this episode, that the U.S. dollar is the largest network in effect in the known universe. And like I say, because of this, this is why I believe the U.S. dollar could strengthen in the years and decades to come. I'll quickly add that there will come a day someday where we will no longer have a U.S. dollar. Everything is finite. But I personally don't see it going away in our lifetimes or even our kids' or grandkids' lifetimes. For example, the U.S. dollar has global acceptance. It's widely accepted as a medium of exchange in many parts of the world. It's the dominant reserve currency, and numerous countries use it for their transactions outside of the United States. So as more and more citizens use the dollar, it becomes more and more useful. It's got that same multiplier effect, like I described at the beginning of the episode, and it becomes more and more valuable as a medium of exchange. So with billions of people using the U.S. dollar, that's why I believe it's the largest network effect in the known universe. The advantages of the U.S. dollar include its stability and its value, its liquidity, and its widespread acceptance. 
So again, this preference of the US dollar reinforces that network effect as more and more people of the world in global trade choose to use US dollars. Now, the US dollar extends into more than just buying groceries. Uh, it extends into the financial infrastructure, which supports the entire global banking system, meaning all payment systems have developed extensive internal frameworks to facilitate transactions in US dollars. They're ready to accept US dollars, even if you're halfway across the globe. It's literally the plumbing of the entire financial system all around the world. Again, this further strengthens the dollar's network effect. And even with last year or two notwithstanding, with the inflation that we've had, the US has enjoyed comparatively lower inflation rates relative to other currencies and enjoys actually a consistently strong economy here in the United States, which has really fostered trust, confidence in the US dollar's future. So again, all of this solidifies that incredible universe-winning network effect of the US dollar. So networks are so powerful. They're so powerful. This is why Google is super powerful. It's why Twitter is super powerful. So absent any outside influence or interference, people will flock to the busiest network. So if all your friends are on WhatsApp, you want to be on WhatsApp so you can participate in that conversation with them. But people in Turkey right now are seeing the opposite effect. They're experiencing devastating inflation, 83% inflation as of last October 2022. The Turkish lira has lost more than 90% of its value in the last 10 years. Can you imagine that? 90% in 10 years. Many Turkish people are taking their currency and trading it for US dollars to protect their purchasing power and their savings from devastating inflation. Dollars are seen as more stable and a more reliable store of value than the lira, especially in times like this, in times of crisis. So trading liras for dollars also reduces the demand for the lira, the domestic currency. So that increases the demand for a foreign currency, which further weakens the lira, further strengthens the dollar. Again, that negative feedback loop that I mentioned earlier. All this just proves the dollar milkshake theory is happening in the real world in this moment today. The US dollar will appreciate against other currencies as it absorbs their value and liquidity. What's all this have to do with bank on yourself? Well, it actually would make your cash value that much more valuable. A stronger dollar would increase the demand for dollar-denominated assets like US treasuries, cash accounts, and the returns of cash value components of your policy would be enormous. It would, it would also create a deflationary shock in the global economy, which would hurt the growth of cash value of other kinds of policies, the kind I don't recommend, like indexed universal life insurance or variable life insurance, which are exposed to market volatility. So with variable life insurance and also indexed universal life insurance, those values would be flatlining or even crashing right when you need that money the most. And when dollars would become more and more valuable, it would be harder and harder for you to see that cash value growing on anything other than dividend paying whole life insurance uh, in terms of other kinds of life insurance. It would also make all kinds of premiums harder to pay. When the dollar strengthens, that means you're paying with more valuable dollars. Now, it's true that whole life insurance also has premiums, which would also be getting harder to pay as the dollar strengthens around the world. But unlike indexed universal life insurance and also variable life insurance, 
both of which must be paid on forever out of either your own pocket or from the cash values of those variable or universal life policies. With whole life insurance, you're able to stop the premiums completely through a reduced paid up feature. In fact, I go into great detail into this in episode 203. So go check that out. It's what if I can't pay the premiums episode 203. Okay, that's a lot of heavy lifting. Let's pull back for a minute. Imagine how that might feel. If the world is going through a global financial crisis and you happen to have the most valuable currency on the planet, the US dollar, because you have the most dynamic network effect on the planet right in your wallet, the US dollar. And not only do you have dollars, but you have a dividend paying whole life insurance policy issued by a mutual life insurance company. And you have a policy that offers paid up additions with non-direct recognition loans one that's getting more and more valuable as the dollar strengthens around the world. And by the way, a stronger dollar would increase the profitability of these insurance companies, especially the ones that have dollar-denominated assets and do business with U.S. bond customers. This only would boost the dividends paid on your whole life policy. And big time, by the way, big time. Most of the insurance companies I work with have their greatest exposure to U.S. companies which are all transacting in US dollars. So you'd wanna make sure that your insurance company was not overly exposed to foreign markets, something that you could quickly look up uh, on your insurance company's financial statement online. But again, if you're not sure, work with a bank on yourself professional who can design these policies the best way. One of the best things about bank on yourself type policies are those dividends. And since I've been alive, dividends have been constrained due to historically low interest rates across the country and across the world. But as interest rates have risen in the last year or two, and if that dollar continues to strengthen against other currencies, that's going to be a big boost to the dividends paid to policy owners and provide larger checks in the mail in retirement since you can use those dividends to do a lot of good. You can use the dividends to provide a passive income for you in retirement. You can use dividends to pay down policy loans. You can put them right back into your policy as paid up additions, which accelerate the wealth inside the policy and leaves you more money for you to invest in yourself in the future or leave as a death benefit for your family should you pass away too soon. So interestingly, a stronger dollar would also affect your purchasing power for those policyholders who own bank on yourself type whole life insurance. But live in another country. So think about that with me for a minute. So you might benefit from a higher exchange rate if you, for example, live in another country with a weakening currency and you happen to have a big juicy bank on yourself policy that you got in the United States, but now you're living in this wonderful exotic foreign country. So we might see a lot of bank on yourself revolutionaries moving to foreign countries, but still transacting in US dollars and borrowing from their U.S.-based life insurance company. So as a side note, you can still get a policy loan whether you're living in Pittsburgh or Paris, in Louisville or London, in New York or Old York. Do they call it Old York? Anyway, you can get a loan wherever you live around the world without any trouble, as long as you've got a bank with the uh, ability to receive deposits. Okay, a counterexample, a counterexample to the U.S. dollar milkshake theory was in 2009. 
An article by Money Central reported that central banks, this is a quote, central banks in numerous Asian countries were actively buying dollars to check its fall against their currencies. Now, why do you think they would do that? According to The Economist that wrote the article at that time, foreign exporters can't handle a drop in profitability and competitiveness. If the dollar drops too far, they lose profits. So if their currency strengthens too much against the dollar, they'll bring in the reserves and find any way they can to support the U.S. dollar. Of course, nobody knows for sure which direction the dollar will go in the future. You know, it's very difficult to predict anything, especially when it involves the future, as Neil Bohr is famous for saying. The current economic environment can change at any time, and we're always going to be reassessing where we're at in the global economy. Whether our dollar becomes stronger or weaker, the important thing to remember is that you have to put your money somewhere. As far as I can tell, you'd be hard-pressed to find a safer and more advantageous place to park your dollars than in a bank-on-yourself-designed whole-life insurance policy. It's grown on a predictable and even guaranteed pace for over 200 years. Now, I hear people all the time that bring all sorts of concerns and worries about the future economic environment that our country or our world is headed into. All types of legitimate fears mixed with wild speculations are coming at me in my one-on-one meetings with clients and, and potential clients. And I get it. I get it. Many other people, myself included, have felt the same way as we look at the evening news. It's very difficult to predict anything. And anyone who tells you they know exactly what's going to happen next is likely selling you snake oil. So be careful and don't listen to folks that know precisely what might happen. Now, you've probably heard of the serenity prayer. I think a portion of this prayer is especially relevant at this point. The prayer goes something like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. The strategy called Bank on Yourself really focuses on taking back control of your finances, but it's important to remember that there are just some things outside of our control. I believe that we can control less than we would like to think we could, but we can influence more than we think we can. And this is where I believe courage really comes into play. Knowing what you know now about the U.S. dollar and about how bank on yourself really works, what can you influence and change in your life for the better? What can you put to work in your financial life that makes sure that you are in a bulletproof financial plan that can withstand a strong dollar or a weak dollar, that can be a stalwart against economic collapse or calamity come what may? Most people I speak with, as they look back on their financial life, who have at some point learned about Bank on Yourself as a long-term financial strategy to solve their long-term financial challenges, tell me that their only regret is that they did not know about Bank on Yourself earlier in their life. They are regularly making sure that their kids and their grandkids know about the Bank on Yourself strategy. And here you are at the end of this podcast, and you know about it. What will you do with this very important information? Will you, as the serenity prayer suggests, have the wisdom to know the difference. If you'd like to ask any questions, we are available to chat either over the phone or by requesting a meeting at notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com. You can just click on the button that says request a meeting right there at the top. 
Or even cooler, you can post your question on our membership site, which is absolutely free. We only keep people who are passionately pursuing the truth about money and how money works in that site. So you can find our community online and engage me or any number of our guests that have been on our show. We're listeners to our show at notyouraverage.mn.co. That's notyouraverage.m as in Mike, n as in November, .co. And post your question right there in the community and get expert advice right away. Right away, that's notyouraverage.mn.co. So whatever the future may hold for the U.S. dollar, I believe that we've got the best shot at parking our wealth in something as simple as a bank-on-yourself type policy. I hope this and the last few episodes have been helpful in spurring you on to digging deeper into the world that we're all headed into, this beautiful future that's uh, awaiting for us if we have the eyes to see it. So thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your economy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.